Thank you for joining us for this edition of Field Observations with Gary Sides, sponsored by Zoetis. Today, we welcome a special guest, Dr. Richard Zinn, professor of animal science at the University of California, Davis. Throughout his career, Dr. Zinn has conducted research to advance cattle performance, and today he is here to share research insights about increasing feed intake and improving performance at the feedlot. Dr. Zinn, thank you for joining us today. How did you become interested in ruminant nutrition? When I went to college, I didn't know that uh, the field existed, and uh, I had served a mission for my church for two years. I came home and I got a call from the University of California uh, saying that they needed somebody to work at the, at the feedlot. And they knew that I had good experience working with livestock and asked if I wanted a, a summer job before I went back up to college. And uh, the professor was Glenn Lofgren, who uh, became a very distinguished scientist in the society. And I was fascinated. I, I, I enjoyed the, the work, and, and when I finished getting ready to go back to college, I, I said, Dr. Lofgren, I want to know exactly what I need to do to have your job. And because I just, I loved what he was doing, I, it was just fascinating. Your approach to your research has changed over the years. Can you explain how that has evolved from your early years at University of California, Davis? When I first came to the University of California, the, the early work that I did back in the early 80s was comparative slaughter. This is where we would uh, sacrifice some of the animals early on uh, as the trial was started and then measure their carcass uh, energy density and then uh, we would sacrifice all the remainder at the end. That's why they call it comparative slaughter. But this was very expensive and it became increasingly difficult to get packing plants to allow us to collect specific gravity data. But we had noticed that energy gain was almost precisely predicted just from live weight gain and uh, the weight of the animals. And so from there we were able to go away from having to collect uh, specific gravity data and measure energy retention based on performance. And this led to uh, all kinds of predictions as far as energy intake and the relationship between energy intake and gain. And we discovered that it was very, very closely associated. Dr. Zinn, when a feed yard is getting poorer than expected average daily gain, what are the four things you recommend looking at first? Well, Cheryl, when I evaluate a feedlot's performance and average daily gain is less then I would project based on the other criterion. Four things that I would first look at would be the implant program. That's number one. There's nothing more important uh, in affecting performance than the growth implant. And then the use of the feed additives, uh, their incorporation and so forth. And of course, feeding management and uh, the the effective fiber content of the diet. Those things stand out and usually will play a role in the, in the response. Why can average daily gain and feed efficiency be misleading indicators for true weight gain in feedlot cattle? Average daily gain and feed efficiency are common factors that feedlot operators and owners look at, but they can be very misleading because 
uh, both average daily gain and feed efficiency are confounded and differences in average daily gain will result in, of course, differences in feed efficiency. The big problem is that there are a number of factors that affect um, average daily gain. And so the coefficient of variation in average daily gain in any feedlot would be maybe 12%, very high variation. For a feedlot manager to detect differences in average daily gain, the difference would have to be almost 20% before they would actually notice it. And of course, that's uh, economically an exaggerated term, but it's, it's what would happen. And if you incorporate dry matter intake into the, uh, into the equation, then the variation in average daily gain drops to 5%. So feed intake explains a, a big part of the variation in average daily gain. I'm not saying that they shouldn't pay attention to average daily gain and feed efficiency. I'm just saying that they can be misled and uh, that if they don't consider energy intake, then those terms can be extremely misleading. And so that's, that's the important thing, is to re re understand what a huge impact energy intake has in those two numbers. Why is feed intake an important management tool related to animal performance? That was a good question, Cheryl. Feed intake is something that you can monitor on a day-to-day -day basis. And because you can't obviously monitor weight gain on a day-to-day -day basis, so if you have a, a reasonable expectation of what feed intake should be, then you're able to uh, better uh, manage the feedlot. Most feedlots don't do a very good job of interpreting changes in feed intake on a day-to-day -day basis and relating that to uh, what's happening in terms of animal performance. Following up on that, Dr. Zinn, what makes it challenging to monitor feed intake in a feedlot and make those interpretations? There are just a lot of things that are going on at the feedlot at one time. And, but in terms of feeding management, uh, having an expectation and trying to understand the importance of that expectation in terms of the overall result is going to result in a better overall result. Let's dig a little deeper into the research you have done. What is the relationship between feed intake and cattle performance? Well, in a university setting where, where we are, have very tight control over, uh, over the animals and, of course, the feeding management itself, uh, the relationship between energy intake and growth performance is very, very, very strong. And so the coefficient of variation in average daily gain taking consideration feed intake is less than 2%. We can detect very small differences in, in average daily gain based on that relationship. It shows how very useful energy intake is. It is the number one thing I use when I visit feedlots to monitor, to audit animal performance. One of the most important things I look at is the relationship between observed intake and expected. Dr. Zinn, how can feedlot managers and nutritionists apply this information in day-to-day -day management of cattle? There are two things that are predictable. One is average daily gain. It's a very predictable thing. And from my office in California, for most feedlots, I could tell you what the average daily gain would be, and I would be very close. So when, when the average daily gain is less than I would predict, then I began to look for what, why, what is causing this? 
the other thing though that's important is the relationship between observed energy intake and expected and that ratio is uh, is another one that i look very closely at so we have two things we have average daily gain which is driven by energy intake and then we have the relationship between energy intake observed and energy intake expected if the relationship is off in other words if if the observed intake is greater than the expected intake for any degree of performance then we know that the efficiency of energy utilization is poor and so then we look at something that would relate to poorer than expected efficiency of energy utilization so those are the two things that we look at and we discuss those in terms of you know what the feedlot is doing and try to come up with three or four ideas that they can use areas of opportunity to try and improve their their overall performance what are some of the practical animal management things that feedlot managers can adjust to improve feed intake? Well, Cheryl, we talk about how ideally we need a minimum of around 10 to 12 meters squared per animal. When animal density is greater than that, then we have an intake problem. We should have about three centimeters minimum drinker space. And when the space is less than that, then we have an intake problem. In terms of you know feeding schedule, we recommend that that they try to feed the animals throughout the entire day in a total period of seven hours. And if it's longer than that, then sometimes they go out of phase. If feed intake is not meeting expectations, where should nutritionists and feedlot managers begin when evaluating feed additives in the ration? When I see a feedlot where the intake is is off then then we're going to look at the feed additive program and try to determine uh, if they're optimizing the potential of various feed additives to enhance performance and uh, some surprisingly some feedlots actually would sacrifice uh, energy intake and average daily gain for some other reason like to reduce metabolics or digestives which is a big mistake usually uh, we emphasize that the important thing in the feedlot is to maximize average daily gain. And by doing that, they maximize net return. As you mentioned, metabolics and bloats are a concern for feedlot managers and nutritionists. Can you talk a little more about that issue and how it can be reduced? Generally speaking, the problem with bloat is because of improper feeding management and too low of effective fiber in the diet. Fiber is a functional feed. We add it to the diet to uh, prevent that problem. Normally, bloat is brought about because readily digestible carbohydrate is making it to the lower part of the small intestine. And we have a proliferation of, of coliform type bacteria and they feed back the endotoxins produced, go back and they stop rumen motility and the animal bloats and that's why you'll have it dead all of a sudden the next day in the pen. And this is something that is uh, most commonly associated with just a high-risk diet, a diet that's just too low in fiber. Dr. Zinn, what role do implants have in increasing weight gain and improving feed efficiency? No tool that we have that has a greater impact on average daily gain and gain efficiency than the implant. And so uh, this is an area that that feedlots should pay very, very close attention to. It's, I, I don't think I've ever evaluated a feedlot where I have 
identified who did the implanting and there wasn't a significant difference just between the person implanting and growth performance of the cattle. So the whole program, the implant program, is extremely important. How can feedlots more effectively utilize implants in their management programs? Uh, one of the things I notice, a big problem for most of the feedlots in the United States is programming uh, final weight. They do a very poor job in general. So the relationship between expected final weight and uh, or projected final weight and actual final weight is uh, is not good. When we're not getting every pin out at their target final weight, what the feedlots don't understand is that they're impacting the terminal implant. All right, so we have cattle that are on the terminal implant. We should they should try to keep that as programmed as they can. But if, if they just keep carrying those cattle out to a longer and longer period of time they were on the terminal implant for a very long period of time and they were not long duration implants they were just they just weren't programming correctly in fact that might be a an, an area where i began to say you know what if you can't get this under control you might look at a long duration implant as we wrap up today dr zinn any final thoughts to share the take-home conclusion is that average daily gain is a very very, very highly predictable function of energy intake. And, and that is something that if we can just not let that get out of our mind, uh, we're going to improve things. Just remember that. There is nothing that science has discovered in animal nutrition that is more predictable than the relationship between energy intake and animal performance. Just a 2% difference in energy intake in conventional feedlot cattle, we're talking about maybe $9 difference per head in net return. So it's a, it's a very, very important area that we can't trifle with it. It's something that we haven't paid attention to as much as we should. We need to get back onto that. Thank you, Dr. Zinn, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. I appreciate the, the interview. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit growwithcinevax.com and cattlefeedadditives.com.